Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. What a great morning. So good to be in the house, yeah. Welcome to everyone who is online with us today. We could have kept going. How great is it to have Hannah with us today? Yeah, so good. And her mum, Beck, is here as well. So good to have you here with us. And I just felt this morning, actually, uh, we've been talking about honour. And I think it would be great just to take a moment to really honour Kingdom Culture Church. And uh, Pastor Rob and Heather Porter, who are doing an amazing job there. So would you just pray with me real quick? Father, we just bless Kingdom Culture Church, in Jesus' name, we bless Pastor Rob and Heather and the team who are leading there. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in and through them, Lord, in this community of Burp and Gary, Father. We bless them with everything that is required to move forward in the things that you're calling them to, Father. And we just thank you that you have unlimited resources, God. And so give them the wisdom the initiative and the strategy to be able to tap into those resources so they can be released for the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So good. All right. Are you ready? All right. I hope you're ready. Because last week was confronting for some people. This week, I don't know. I don't know. Just... (laughs) Here we go, all right? Just check with the person next to you. Just ask them, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. So I'm going to follow on from last week. Uh, How how many people were here last week for a culture of honour? Okay. So I introduced culture of honour last week. Uh, If you missed it, definitely jump online. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, I think, um, follow up on that one. But I'm going to bounce off that a little bit this week and we're going to go a little deeper, all right? Now, disclaimer at the start of the message, okay, where we're going to go today in terms of talking about culture, everything is okay, all right? I just want you to pocket that. Um, If anyone is here and they're feeling like I am calling you out today, I come with a clean conscience. There is no one I am preaching at here today, okay? All right, are you with me? Um, Don't don't start trying to put things together and miss out on what the Lord's saying, okay? So everything is good, but this is a message like we need to go here today. All right, I'm going to start... We're going to jump around. Isn't it awesome when worship just goes for a... It could keep going and going. I remember Bill Johnson getting interviewed once and someone says to him, like, how do you feel about those times when worship just goes for an hour, an hour and a half, and you've got to get up and preach? And he says, well, that happens a lot, actually. And I'm sitting in the seat and I'm thinking, well, Lord... uh, my 40 minutes is now 30 minutes and my 30 minute they've got multiple surfaces you know time constraints and my 30 minutes is now 20 minutes and my 20 minutes is now 10 minutes but he said but who am I to interrupt people joining with heaven in worship to say hang on hang on hold up I've got something to say here all right 
So um, I'm trying to work this out. It was like that is that is nothing against what God's been doing in this room today. We're going to jump around and I'm going to hammer through some stuff really quickly. All right. So stay with me. Um, Matthew 13 is where we were based last Sunday. Matthew 13 is the passage where Jesus is in his hometown. Uh, He's teaching there, but the crowd are not open to who he is and therefore they miss out on the fullness of who he is, okay? This is what it actually says, just a refresher for you. Verse 57, it says, They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. How many people know how hard it can be in your family, right? Prophet is just in this context, representative of Jesus Christ. A prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. There were limitations because of dishonour at work in that place. And so if we look at this, if we examine this carefully, it was pride and unbelief that created the circumstances for the dishonour. All right. So if we flip that on our head, then it's fair to say that humility and belief will create the circumstances for honour. Are you with me? Okay. so now let's jump to John 13. And in this passage, you're going to have to be really quick with me today. Okay. John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Incredible situation here and he washes their feet and then he sits down and then he explains to them what has just taken place verse 14 this is what he says he says since I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you ought to wash each other's feet I have given you an example to follow do as I have done to you So why was this so powerful in this moment? The disciples were were in shock and awe at what was taking place there. Why was it so powerful? Because it was unexpected humility, okay? They did not expect Jesus, who they saw as being above them, to lower himself below them and serve them in this act of washing their feet, right? Someone someone talk to me, okay? Okay. Good, thank you. I get lonely up here, all right? So therefore, he says, this is your example. Do as I have done, right? So this is our example, okay? Now, we all know that this is not just an action we are called to do. Anyone can wash someone's feet. Anyone can serve anyone. But this is a heart posture that the Father is calling us to because he wants us to have a heart to serve, a heart to come to people in humility. Yes? All right. Um, I think there's something to say to people who are in the room and joining us online today. If you find yourself in a place in life where there are people who look up to you, then you have a great responsibility and a great opportunity to come low and to serve people. And Unexpected humility will get you places where so many other things will not. I'm going to keep moving, okay? Uh, C.S. Lewis 
says this, you've probably heard it before, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less, right? So, so often we can slip into a false humility where we beat ourselves down, right? But do you know what's so funny about that? Is that even when we do that, we are still the main attraction, okay? We're still the focus, it's still about me. So the calling is not to false humility where we put ourselves down, but the calling is to see other people and their needs before our own. This is what Bill Johnson said once. I just love how profound he can be. He said, true humility is not the absence of confidence, but strength restrained. Isn't that good? So anytime I have the urge to demonstrate my greatness, then I step into a risky area of pride, okay? Um, You know when someone, when you hear someone, they do something incredible or they tell a story about something incredible and as you're watching or listening, you're thinking, man, I've got a better one than that. Do you know the one-up situation? Some people here are one-up people, right? No, don't, do not nudge them right now, okay? Just let the grace in this room work. Uh, these moments are humility testing moments, okay? So the question is in those moments, do I need to one up or am I happy for this person to receive the glory and the joy in this moment? And I pass it by, okay? So I don't have to strive, I don't have to reach and grab at anything that would be for my benefit, okay? Pocket this, right? And now jump with me to Matthew 16. Jesus is having this conversation uh, with the disciples and he's talking about, uh, it's a conversation where he says, who do people say I am, right? And Peter has the correct answer. Wouldn't you love to be that person? Where Jesus goes, yeah, you got it, man. You're like... Uh huh. Yep. Verse 17, Jesus says this. He says, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Still going. Amen. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so in this moment, Jesus chooses to honour Peter and the calling that the Father has on his life, okay? He calls it out, he affirms it, he acknowledges it. So just as Peter correctly identifies Jesus' identity as the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus correctly identifies Peter's identity. He honours him in this situation, okay? Now, here's where I've been going with this. You're going to have to piece this together with me. Where there is no humility and belief, there will be no honour. And so, if we are going to honour well, if we are going to have a culture of honour here at Hope Community that carries the kingdom wherever we go, humility and belief will be marks as disciples. Amen? Okay. Just That's our foundation. Now we're going to build on it. Um, over the past few weeks, I have looked at nearly every verse in the Bible that mentions honour. 
And I have a few random points. There's no pretty way of presenting these, so here they are, okay? Number one, not everyone will receive your honour, but that is not a reason to stop giving it, okay? So there's an incredible insight in this passage where Jesus shares the parable of the great feast in Matthew 22. And if you don't know it, there's this king, he's putting on this great feast. He invites the important guests in the time they give them warning so they can prepare when the time comes for the feast to happen. He sends out his servants to say it's time for the feast and they refuse to come. They come back to the king with the message, no one's going to come. And he basically says this, he says, okay, well, those people are not worthy of my honour. I want you to go out to the street corners and the laneways and find people who are. Okay, now Jesus is actually illustrating a point in this parable about the kingdom of heaven. He's saying there is an invitation to all to eternal life with me and not all will receive it. But I will not stop offering the invitation out. Okay, so Jesus is saying, I will choose to honour all. Many will not receive the honour, but I'm still going to offer the honour. Okay. And hopefully we are the people who say yes to, to the invitation, right? Amen? Okay, amen. That's an amen right there. Okay, so big picture, this is what we see here, is that Jesus offers the honour, but lack of honour, people not receiving it, does not stop him, okay? And this is our example. Um, honour is not to be pursued. As you read through the Gospels, you'll see time and time again that Jesus criticises the Pharisees because they were pursuing honour. They were all about clinging, climbing towards honour. And so he says to them, you come to these feasts and the the head of the table was the place of honour. And he says, you come so that you can sit at the head of the table. He says, why not sit somewhere else so then you have the opportunity to be honoured, right? Honour is not to be pursued. Honour is not a requirement for you to be used by God. How many people know you can be dishonoured and still be powerfully used by God? If honour is required, then we are stepping into a performance condition-based value system. Okay, are you with me there? All right. Um, I've met so many people who church shop looking for a place where they will be suitably honoured. Okay, now, don't get me wrong. No one's shopping for a church looking for a place where they'll be dishonoured. Okay, I understand that. (laughs) But here's, here's my point. The Father can use us, He can work in us and through us, even where honour is not given. And that's an encouragement to some people here today that you have been just so faithful for years and years and you've been dishonoured over and over and over again. Be encouraged. The Father works in spite of it. Okay. Um, Another one, what the world offers, uh, what the world honours is different to what a follower of Jesus honours. So in Luke 16... Jesus says, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honours is detestable in the sight of God. What we honour will look different. Okay. 
Um, I know this might sound awkward, but there is a general theme right through the New Testament of honouring our leaders, okay? And, and a double portion for elders in the church, okay? I'll leave it there because it is awkward, all right? Um, we touched on this a little last week because honour is difficult where there is difficulty, okay? And often that can be with mothers and fathers, with those relationships, and yet we're called to honour them, okay? In both contexts where we see this present in the Scriptures, Ephesians 6 and Exodus 20, the command to honour our mother and father comes with a blessing, all right? So I want, I want to share that today. I talked to heaps of people after last Sunday about the challenge this is. This is a command that comes with a blessing, okay? Be in it to honour them, be in it to receive the blessing, to see the fullness of what the Father will do. It's a promise, okay? There is blessing in there. That's an encouragement. All right, are you still with me? Okay. I know this, this is going to be a bit more like a course today. Anyone who's looking for a good Baptist exegetical message, I apologise, it's not here today, okay? I love those messages. This is not the one. So what does honour look like? Okay, and this is where I want to get really practical. Um, I want to break this down. And so I've put together seven statements I've called the honour code and I'm going to run through these, okay? I'm sure you could come up with more things we could add to it. This is just seven um, that seemed important as I was doing some study, okay? So a code, let me start with this. A code is a system of guidelines um, or rules that govern the behaviour of a community, all right? So most of us would be familiar with a code of conduct in your workplace or a code of ethics or something like that, or some people talk about a moral code. They are the governing things around how you feel towards something, okay, or what you do, all right? If, you, if you're a part of a specific culture, then you'll be able to identify a code in that culture. I was thinking about this. Um, I used to do a lot of CrossFit. And in CrossFit, you do all these workouts and um, each, each rep that you do during a workout, you might be doing it for time or to complete it or something like that. Each rep is one rep, right? And there's this code that you won't cheat, all right? It's this unspoken code that you, I mean, no one's counting your reps, Okay. But there's this unspoken code that you won't cheat. And what often happens is, is that there's a cheater in the room, right? And everyone knows who the cheater is, right? And at the end of the workout, and they're like, whoa, that only took me two minutes and 57 seconds. And you're thinking to yourself, well, you only did half the workout. Come on. There is a code where you just don't cheat, all right? Now, here's some really useless information. Uh, how many surfers do we have in the room today? Okay, this is like, okay, this is the worst thing you can do is preaching, okay? 99% of you, this will go over your head, all right? But I'm going there anyway, okay? There is a code in surfing. Maybe three people will find this interesting, okay? Hopefully. There is a code in surfing. Um, I've got a picture. Even sometimes you can go to the beach. This is from Bondi Beach, all right? There's these signs. This one literally says the surfer's code, and he explains what takes place in the surf, okay? I'm going to give you a quick lesson, all right? 
Here's a couple of the codes, all right? Um, the first code is the rule of right of way. And it's just like giving way on the road. But in this circumstance, when you're out in the surf and the wave is coming in, the person who is closest to the breaking section of the wave has right of way, okay? Is any, is, is, are you with me? Have I lost you? Feel like, move on. Just preach the Bible, mate. Come on. Okay, so the person who's closest, and particularly on point breaks, you sit in a position, and when it's your turn, you have what's called priority, right? Now, there are two things that are no-nos in the surf. This is the surfer's code, all right? One is a snake, all right? One's called a snake, okay? There might be some snakes in the room from what I know, okay? But a snake is someone who paddles around the person who's in priority and essentially jumps the queue, okay? That is not cool, all right? That's just like a no-no. The other no-no is what's called a drop-in. And if you're out in the surf and you catch the wave and you're the first person on the wave, there is this unspoken code that no one else will jump on your wave and share it with you, okay? There's times where you can have a party wave but that is a spoken agreement when it's party wave time, okay? So no snaking and no droppings, okay? Does it, did anyone know there was a surfer's code, right? You've got to have something to keep it together, right? Otherwise, just be fisticuffs in the surf all the time. All right, anyway, there's your useless information. Where am I going with that, okay? I have no idea. I have no idea. No idea. I want you to picture the honour code like a sign that we would have at the door, the entry to our church. That's how I want you to think of this, okay? And this is where we're going to run through this. And this is where I thought, ooh, okay, this might touch some nerves today, all right? I've, I've busted these up into three categories, my heart, my words, and my actions. I've purposely put this in first person, okay? I'm speaking about me and you're hearing it for you, okay? Amen? Amen. Okay, not the person next to you, and you're not hearing it for me, please, okay? Okay, number one is to do with my heart. It is I choose to forgive quickly. This is our honour code. Okay, so we have this encouragement. Colossians 3 says, Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Bitterness and resentment are weeds that grow quickly. And we need to rip them out so they don't overtake and push out the good stuff. Our culture needs to be marked by people who forgive quickly. All right? We are a mixed bunch. Okay? We've got all sorts in the room today. And that is a strength. That is a great thing. But there will be times where we are required to forgive. Let's do it quickly. Number two, I choose to pray for my enemies. Okay, that might sound like strong language, but we are talking about people that you, that you disagree with or people that even persecute you. They offend you, all right? Um, if you're a part of any community for long enough, you will bump into this person, okay? It's going to happen, all right? And here's what Jesus says we do in Matthew 5. He says, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. 
This is what the world says, right? But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. This is countercultural stuff, okay? All right, second category, my words. Number three, I choose to confront slander. All right, Ephesians 4, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. I want to unpack this one a little bit, okay? To slander someone is to defame them, right? And um, it generally happens when people say things that are untrue about other people, but it also happens when people discuss matters, even if they are true, that would cause someone else to then see that person in a negative light. Are you with me? Okay. Slander is often the response of someone that is hurt. Okay, so our thinking is, well, you hurt me, I'm going to make you look bad to everyone. Right? That can be our response. I remember once uh, I was with a mentor and uh, we were driving somewhere, we were having a chat in the car and um, I, I was a green Christian. I was fresh, right? And he said to me, man, you know, how's, how's your journey with the Lord going? What's God doing in your life right now? And I was pumped at the time, right? I had stepped out of my old life and I'd stepped into a new life with the Lord. And I was telling him, man, I'm pumped. Like, sin conquered. Like, you know, I am winning. The Lord is good, right? Okay. Pride comes before a fall, right? And so he's like, yeah, he's this amazing guy. Spoken so much in his life. He's, he's listening to me. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's interesting. He goes, yeah, cool. Anyway, and then I return. How about you, man? How are you going? What's God been doing in your life? He says, you know what, Dan? He says, yeah, God's really been confronting me lately. He's confronted me with this issue of slander. And he's, he's told me that I'm not to talk about anyone that would make someone else think badly of them because of what I say. And he was, he was speaking honestly. This is what the Lord was doing in his heart. He was not having a crack at me here. But you know those moments where <laughs> like three seconds ago, I was smashing it, right? <laughs> now, I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, right. Tell me more about that. I don't think I'm doing too well in this area, okay? <laughs> so God's taught me a lot. I, I, wanna, I want you to hear this. I am so cautious with this, all right? So often I talk to people about this and they say, uh, I said, well, hang on, I, I'm not sure if you should be talking about that person to that person in that way. I said, well, I've got to talk to someone, right? Well, maybe not. I'm so cautious with this that even with my closest friends, if I have an issue with someone else, if they've offended me, they could have been the most horrible people in the world. But if I am not confident that I, cannot have, that I can have that conversation without it planting seeds of dishonour in their heart towards that person, then I won't have it. It's off. It's not going to happen. Okay? Are you with me? All right. So, well, that's pretty boring. What are you going to talk to your friends about? I don't know. Not that stuff. Okay, 
I do not have permission to go there. I am not going to be responsible for cutting someone else down and then causing other people to do it. True or untrue? All right, I'll leave that one. Um, Brian Houston has this amazing quote. I've shared it many times here before, but I think it's so great. He says this. Uh, this is he's, he's the head of Hillsong Global. Okay, uh, obviously he has to deal with a lot of stuff. He says this. He says, don't tell me what someone else said about me. Tell me why they were comfortable saying it in front of you. Isn't that good? Yeah, we could leave it there. Done. All right. At Hope Community, we want to create a culture where it's awkward to go there. All right. We want to have conversations, brave conversations, where if that conversation is taking place, then you're the person who speaks up and says, hey, I'm, not, I'm really not comfortable with this. Okay? All right, let me keep moving. Um, number four. Okay, we're just going deeper. Number four, I choose not to participate in gossip. All right? So gossip is talking about the private matters of other people, stuff that is just not our business. And I want to show you this. This is fascinating. For all the people who think, ah, it's no dramas. Once again, well, what would I talk about? Romans 1, 29, Paul is, is, is addressing um, sinful people. He's talking about sinful people. And this is what he says in there. He says, Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarrelling, deception, malicious behaviour and gossip. Do you see that gossip is in with murder, right? Now, if you don't think, if you think gossip's okay, then do you think murder's okay? Right? No one's talking to me. (laughs) Okay. I think this is full on. Now, we have to talk about this too. Who knows what Christian gossip is, all right? Christian gossip is, is when we have an excuse to talk about someone's business. We say, hey, uh, Tam, if you heard about so-and-so, we really need to pray for them. Okay? In the day, it was the prayer chain. Prayer chains are great. Come out on a Thursday. There's even lists of things we pray for for people, okay? Nothing against that. We've got to be careful of Christian gossip, okay? Um, the reason we've got to be so careful too, I, this is a whole other sermon, but I just, want to, I just want you to know this. Gossip often leads to slander and judgment, okay? So what are we talking about when we talk about judgment? Some people see this as um, quite a limited thing. Judgment is when we form a negative or, or when we have a negative character assessment against a person. Okay? We make a judgment upon them. So when we gossip, it can t- then turn into, I've heard this or I've, I know this, therefore they are. All right? In James 4... I'll just read this. It says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticise and judge each other, then you are criticising and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbour? 
So what we want to do is we want to steer clear of these things that will entangle us to a point where we form a judgment. Do you understand? It's better if we don't go there. If I don't know it, then I won't form the judgment against that person. I'll leave it to the Lord. They did some stuff, right or wrong, eh, I'll leave that with the Lord. Okay? All right, cool. This is why I told you, uh, this is just a message. All right, this is just a message. Number five, I choose not to grumble. Yeah, how many people know a grumbler? Okay, a grumbler, often everything they say is a grumble. Okay, they exist to grumble. And some churches are full of grumblers, okay? Um, They can't leave, but they can grumble, all right? When people... I'm sorry, it's, it's true. When, why is grumbling an issue? When people grumble, most of the time, bit of a generalisation, but stay with me, they have not actually talked to the person concerned. They grumble to everyone else or they've talked to the person and they didn't get the outcome they desired which then becomes a them issue, all right? We need to make sure we're building a culture where grumbling does not happen. It can be about you, it can be about me, it can be about things that are going on. We need to cut the grumble and we need brave communication. I am amazed at how often I talk with people about things or people that are challenging them. And the first thing I will say, here's a heads up if you're coming to me, is have you talked to them about it? And 99% of the time they will say no. Now I understand there's a process, we get to that point, right? We build up the courage and we get there. But we have to sort this stuff out in healthy ways, right? Because it's gonna happen. Um, In Matthew 18, I'm not gonna go through it, but Jesus actually outlines a process of dealing with an issue. It's really important. We have to get this stuff sorted out. When we don't get it sorted out, it creates dishonour and it leads to a toxic culture. All right, number six, I choose to use my words to build up and not tear down. So our words can give life and they can take it. All right, I think most of the time we don't realise how powerful our words actually are. There is a saying that says, never trust the tongue when the heart is bitter, okay? And once again, I've got a personal rule in this area. Uh, being a leader, there are times where I have to talk to people about their behaviour and things that are not working out well, all right? And here's my rule. If I am angry or upset with that person, then I tell myself I do not have permission to talk to them. Until my heart is in a place where I can have that discussion and love them and want the best for them, I will not have the conversation. Now, does that mean that some of those conversations take a long time to happen? Sure, it does, okay? But people know, people know you've had those conversations with people and you can see their heart and you know, you are not for me. You're having a go, you're getting some stuff out, you are not about building me up and then we create further offence and damage, right? I will not be a part of that. 
If there is anger in my heart, it's not going to happen. I'm going to wait until there's love. And then I'm going to have the conversation so that the words are building up. Good? Okay. Um, My actions. Number seven. This is the last one. I choose to look for opportunities to serve people. Pastor Tam spoke on this recently. Galatians 6. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So what this is about is it's actually about taking our love, our heart for people and turning it into action. Because we can have the heart, but what happens with it? All right. And I want to share this story with you real quick, just as a finish up. Um, I think it was last year, I got a flat tyre in my car, right? And so I changed it out and I put the spare tyre on the car and um, I was in a really busy season, just like weeks of busyness, uh, big hours, lots going on. And so I drove around on the spare tyre for weeks and weeks and I must have come to church many times in that time with the spare tyre on my car, okay? And someone noticed, right? And someone who's a friend of mine, someone who's, who's honours me and is good to me. And he came to me one Sunday and he said, Dan, look, I've noticed that you've got the spare tyre on your car. He goes, I'm guessing that you are probably a really busy guy. I have some spare time. How would you feel if I came down one day, I took your spare off, I went and picked up a new tyre for you, came back and chucked it on your car for you? And I was like... Oh my goodness, is that amazing or what? Now, he wasn't having a crack. He wasn't saying, oh, you idiot, go and get your tyre changed. Like, who can't do that? And I'm like, I know I'm failing at life already. I'm doing my best. He came in genuine care and offered to help. And I was blown away by it. Isn't that cool? What if this was a place, and I believe it is, but more so if that just happened? consistently, right? People took notice and looked, opportuni- looked for opportunities to serve one another. Okay, so I want to finish up. Here's the big question. Uh, team, I, I will get you guys up just as we close. Um, here's the big question. So why is honour so important? This is what we're talking about. And here's what I want you to hear today, okay? Jesus is building his church. It is happening and we want to be a part of it, Okay. Whatever Jesus is building will demonstrate the culture of heaven. Jesus does not partner with the world, okay? So if we pray your kingdom come, your will be done, we are asking that heaven would be represented in this community, all right? So Jesus is building a church where people are honoured. Jesus is building a church where there are healthy relationships. Jesus is building a unified church. Jesus is building a church where people are built up and encouraged and equipped. Okay. Jesus is not building a church where people are dishonoured. Jesus is not building a toxic, divided, gossiping church. This is not the church that Jesus is building. For so long, Christians have been known as being judgmental, disagreeable, 
unloving, critical, out of date. But is Jesus any of those things? He's not. And so if we are partnering with Jesus as He builds His church, then there's a certain way this is going to look. And this is how He said it would look in John 13. He said, Now I'm giving you a new commandment to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's who we want to be, right? That's why a code of honour is so important. That's why it's so important what happens in this place. All right, jump on your feet. I'm going to pray. Is everyone all right? Holy Spirit, we just trust You right now. We trust You to to highlight whatever is required for each one of us. We trust Your conviction, just where there's repentance required, where there's change required, we trust You with that, Father. Father, we just, we just trust You with, with this, with this faith community, Lord, here and online, with all the relationships, with what You're doing as You build us up as Your church. Father, we trust You with that. But Lord, we wanna have pure hearts. We, we desire to see this beautiful church that Jesus is building, to look how You want it to look in all its glory, Father. We desire for this to be a place where people are just drawn in, Lord, because there's a culture of heaven. We want this to be a place of healing, Father, of authenticity, Lord. A place where You minister to offence and hurts, where You bless people, where You bring healing so they can be released for everything that You have. And so, Father, for whoever's listening today, Lord, I I just start by saying, let it be me, God. Let it be me. Help me to honour people the way You want them to be honoured. Help me to love people so well, Father. And I pray that this will be a community that's just marked by that love. We pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.